Well, hello and welcome to the Raymond Podcast. Um, I guess that's what we're calling it now. Raymond Podcast, not yeah. Craig's Podcast anymore. No, we can call it Craig's Podcast. Yeah. You know, we, we've been asking for it. And, and thank you guys that have been been writing us and talking about the podcast. You can write me at chagin, C-H-A-G-I-N, at rhema, R-H-E-M-A dot org. And let us know about what you think about the podcast. If you have a better name than the Raymond Bach Podcast or Craig's, Craig's Podcast, you know I, I feel bad for Tony. You know Tony McKinnon's here. We call him T Mac. Um, you know because he's not a part of Craig's Podcast, and so yeah, it makes just, me feel bad. Yeah, I'm just kind of like the Wizard of Oz. I'm yeah. the man behind the curtain. The man behind the <laughs> curtain. Yeah. And, and so you know um, uh, we've got a, a number of different people who wrote us this week and has some interesting names, but no names that I really like. <laughs> Well, one one's called a daily devotional, which is fine, but we're not on daily. Not daily. And so, because me and you have other jobs. Other jobs, other <laughs> we things do to other do. things. But, but, you know, we're excited today because we, we have with us another Rama graduate. Um, Aaron Antis is here. Um, he, he, he works with Shaw Homes, Oklahoma's number one home builder, shawhomes.com, if you're looking for a home in the, in the I guess, Tulsa, Oklahoma City area. Yeah. Um, but Aaron, it's welcome to the to oh, Craig's well, thank podcast. You. Thank you to Craig's podcast or the T Mac podcast, whatever it's called. I'm I'm yeah. glad to be here with you guys today. All right, Aaron. Um, now you were telling us you were a 2001 Raymer graduate. Yep, 2001. I came down in '99 and graduated in '01. Now, one thing we were going to point out is that all our Raymer graduates are actually not in full time ministry. A lot of people think, well, you got to go to Raymer to be in full time ministry, but you're not a full-time minister, are you? No, no, I'm a full-time business guy, and uh, and ministry comes along with wherever you are. So, yes. yes. Now, now you still work in ministry, and you help a number of different ministries, correct? Yeah. So, um, in different ways, I, I believe that there's, um, you know, in the Old Testament, there's kings and priests, and the priests have the vision, and the kings help provide provision. So, um, you it's know, good. we've been blessed in a lot of ways, uh, financially and otherwise. And so we just try to, uh, we've always tried to keep what I learned at Rama, which is in order to be blessed, you need to be a blessing because God's not looking for the dead sea. He's looking for a river to pass it through. So, amen. So, yeah. so, um, tell us your, your Rama story, like, like where, where you're from and, and how, how you came to Rama, which obviously that's why you're, you're still here based in the Broken Arrow Tulsa area. Oh, it's an interesting story for sure. So, uh, well, I'll back up a lot of years. Um, I was, when I was 13 years old, I was in seventh grade and my dad, um, was an artist by trade. He painted paintings for a life, he, for, for a living. He painted uh, paintings of wildlife art, like deer and ducks and anything that had fur or feathers, my dad painted it. <laughs> so um, at the end of his career, he had literally painted hundreds and hundreds of paintings. And um, anyway, so um, my dad, uh, somewhere in the middle of his career, uh, he, he painted, he decided to paint a uh, painting that was Daniel in the lion's den. And um, my dad listened to Kenneth Hagen tapes um, back in the day for, I mean, he had every tape there was, I think. If you went out to my dad's studio, which was a little building next door to um, the home that we lived in. And for um, you younger people, you know, we used to actually have tapes. 
It was tapes. Oh, yeah. yeah. Before we had CDs and yeah. DVDs and cassette not, tapes. I'm aging myself yeah, here. Cassette, so. cassette tapes. All right. Yeah, yeah. So if you know what a cassette tape is, I'll look it up on Google. <laughs> right, exactly. I mean, so, it's interesting how many people now don't know what a cassette tape oh, really yeah. is. Oh, yeah. My kids are like, what? What's that? So, anyway, go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, no problem. So, um, so, anyways, my dad had all of these Kenneth Hagen tapes, and that was pretty much all my dad listened to while he painted these wildlife art paintings. Um, and if you ever met or talked to my dad, uh, he knew the Bible better than anybody I've ever met in my life. Um, that I've personally met, like he just had, had a great memory for it. He just, he knew where everything was in scripture. And, and, um, so anyways, he, uh, he's in the middle of his career and he paints this, he decides to paint his first quote unquote religious painting, which was Daniel in the lion's den. And he was 42 years old when he painted it. And little did he know, but that was the moment at which he entered into his own lion's den in his own life. And mm. um, I remember it was opening day of gun season that year. And my dad went uh, out hunting with us. And about 930 in the morning, my dad, normally we sit out there all day deer hunting. And, and my dad comes to tell me, hey, something's not right. I don't feel good. My back hurts. I'm going to drive back into town, which is like an hour from where we are, and go see my chiropractor. Well, uh, long story short, he goes to the chiropractor three times in the same day because he's got so much back pain. By the third one, the the chiropractor says, Mr. Antis, I don't think you have a back problem. I think you need to go to the cardiac center or go to an emergency room. I think you're having a heart attack right now. And so... He goes to the U of M, University of Michigan Medical Center, and sure enough, he had had somewhere between 30 and 40 heart attacks wow. over the last couple of days. They were minor heart attacks, but um, and the doctors basically said, we're admitting you right now, and like took him in. So the next day, the next morning, I go to the hospital to visit my dad because the head of the cardiology unit at U of M Medical Center wanted our whole family to come down there. And I didn't know why. I'm 13 years old. All I know is my dad, his entire life, has only ever tried to do things God's way and to honor God's ways in his life. He's a, he was a wonderful person. My dad was a very kind and loving man. He'd do anything to help anybody. And so anyways, I go into this uh, hospital room and I'll never forget. I'm sitting there with my whole family, sitting there on the bed around my dad. And the head of cardiology says, you guys, I've invited you in here to say goodbye to your dad. Um, there's really nothing we can do to stop these heart attacks from coming. And uh, his heart is so damaged that the next one is probably going to kill him. And uh, we just wanted you to have a chance to say goodbye to your dad. And I'm 13 years old. I idolized my dad. He was like yeah. mm. my favorite human on earth, honestly, yeah. at this point. So I'm 13 years old. And uh, so anyways, the doctors tell him, uh, tell us to say goodbye to him and, and his heart is so damaged. It's something they call an ejection factor. You can't, if it drops below a certain percentage, it's in the history at this time, it had never gone up more than 3%. And he was at like 18% ejection factor of his heart, how efficiently it pumps blood. And they said, now, normally we could do some kind of open heart surgery for you, but you have to be at 51% or higher to do that. Wow. And your dad's at 18%. Mm. So the only hope we have is to put him on the transplant list. Well, this is a long time ago. Transplants, I think there had been two ever 
at this point. Oh, wow. Like there was very few that had been done. And I think one of them was like a baboon or something. So <laughs> like the chances of that going well were, you know, kind of slim to none. So, so we're there. And, uh, and so he, they put him on the transplant list. Well, I leave the hospital that day and I am just angry at God because I'm like, my dad has tried to serve. I'm literally saying to God, my dad has served you with everything he has in his life. And this is what you do to him. That's literally what I said to God that day. And, um, I will tell you the end of this story. So, um, 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 a couple of guys from my dad's church, he called them and said, will you come in and pray the prayer from James, you know, lay hands on me, anoint me with oil and pray the prayer of faith. So they did. And, um, the next day I'll never forget walking in to go see my dad and the head of cardiology is in there. And he, he looks white as a ghost when he comes in and looks at my dad's test because they redid all the tests and they go, he goes, I don't know how to explain this, um, but somehow your heart has healed. Um, Praise the Lord. And so it had healed up to 52%. Oh, wow. Remember, 51%, 51 is, for is for an operation. So um, my dad didn't get 100% healed on the spot. I, someday I'm asking Jesus about this one. You know, you know, why not 100%? But, yeah. So, but... Um, Really, I believe it saved his life. Um, and so uh, they put unexplainable phenomenon on my dad's chart. I remember mm -hmm. that. So, But I was still angry at God. I, I couldn't let go of this resentment against God. My dad went through a quadruple bypass. Um, he was very weak for many years to come, but he stayed alive. And uh, interestingly enough, he painted a series of paintings on the life of Christ for the next 12 years. That was wow. what he did. Wow. He changed, he changed what my dad said is I changed my subject matter from wildlife to eternal life. Mm. And he said, it's interesting because most people live the first part of their life as a wildlife. And then later they turn to eternal life, mm. you know? Yeah. So I thought that was very interesting about him. But anyways, so then, uh, I get really angry at God. I'm watching my dad suffer through a lot of pain. He's still alive, but he's in a lot of pain. Um, then a couple of years later he gets, um, cancer and he goes through and he survives that he deals with diabetes. And my dad lived through about 19 years after that day that they said he was going to die. He lived 19 more years and a lot of pain. Um, but he made it through. So, um, anyways, I, I'm 13 years old and I start to rebel against God because I'm just mad at him. I'm mad what he's doing to my dad. I think what he's doing to my dad. Yeah. I know now that's not the case, but, um, and I start doing heavy drinking, get into drugs, um, doing all kinds of stuff that I shouldn't be doing. And, uh, came to a point where I'm 24 years old. I'll fast forward a little bit. And I am literally drinking 20 to 24 beers a day, seven days a week. Oh, wow. Um, mm. every day. And I, by the way, all the alcohol I'm drinking, I'm stealing it all from a store that I'm working at that has alcohol. You know, it's a big, big beer store kind of a place. And, um, so not only am I getting completely wasted every day, I'm stealing what I'm drinking. So, uh, anyway, che cheaper so that way, I guess, right. Yeah. It was definitely cheaper <laughs> that way. I had an expensive habit. So, um, Anyways, so then I'm 24 years old. I'm surprised you kept a job. Number one, you're stealing from. Number two, you're right. You're coming drunk. Oh yeah, yeah. So, and uh, and then I I shift over. I leave that job and um, I I start working at Domino's Pizza and I'm delivering pizzas for a living while drinking 
20 to 24 beers a day, seven days a week. Were you still stealing the beer from the other place? No, I wasn't anymore because I didn't have keys to the place. But I, but I had pizza. a job. Stealing you know, pizzas so, now? Yeah, pretty much. You know, so, and I am, I am pretty much, uh, I mean, at 20 beers, I'm pretty sure I was over the legal limit while I'm delivering these pizzas. And uh, so, so you're a drunk Domino's delivery driver. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I will definitely, I'd like to, anybody from Ann Arbor, Michigan, who's listening right now that's in that Domino's pizza delivery stores region i apologize for your mailbox because i probably took it out so i just want to apologize now no duis Um, just ddds that's right that's right so so anyways then i come up to uh march 6th 1997 and my dad sits me down and he had always told me hey if you ever want to know the meaning of life i can tell you in about an hour and i was like okay So this one Sunday night, I'm at a really hard place in my life because all of these bad decisions I've made are kind of catching up with me, and I'm in a major stress time in my life. And my dad says that to me on a Sunday night when we happen to have a, all of our family got together for dinner that night. And so we go out in the living room after dinner and my dad opens the Bible. He takes us really from Genesis to Revelations and just touches on a bunch of different scriptures and lays out God's plan for man for life. And I listened to everything he says, and I'll tell you, the Spirit of God was so heavy in that room that night while he's talking. And I leave there, and I go back to the apartment that I'm living in with my girlfriend at the time, and um, who's now my wife, who I've been married to for 24 years. Still so your she's, girlfriend. So she stayed yeah. with you. She's <laughs> still my girlfriend. That's right. So um, anyway, so I go back to my apartment. And I sit down on the side of my bed, and a few months before, my parents had given me a Bible um, for Christmas, which was unusual because I don't, I didn't carry a Bible, I didn't ever open it, like I wasn't, that wasn't a thing for me. But anyways, so I sit down, I open, I pull that Bible out, I open it up, and all I could remember was Hebrews eleven six. That says that he that comes to God must believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. And so I must have read that verse 20 or 30 times sitting there over and over again. And then it was like I was having a conversation with God about what he wrote. And I said, "Okay, God, let me see if I understand this. You're saying that he that comes to God must believe that he is. In other words, that he exists. And I'm like, I've always believed you existed. I never doubted that. And then I said, but if I understand you right, the second half says that you're a rewarder of those who diligently seek you. And I said, God, I'm so addicted to these drugs. I'm so addicted to this alcohol. I, at the time, I smoked a pack and a half of cigarettes a day and chewed at least a tin of tobacco every single day on top of all that. Oh, wow. <laughs> um, and I said, uh, I said, if you're truly a rewarder of those who diligently seek you, then I said, here's the, here's the deal I'll make you, God. I really said that to him. I said, here's the deal I'm going to make so you. So let's make a deal, God. Yeah. Let's make a deal. I said, if you will take away these addictions I have, I will serve you for the rest of my life. And the only way I can describe what happened next is to say it felt like somebody poured a five gallon bucket of warm honey over the top of my head and it ran all the way down my body. Wow. Mm. I literally got up off of the side of the bed after that happened 
And I can almost feel that feeling right now just talking about it. Yeah. It's so awesome. I got up off the side of my bed. I walked out into my kitchen, and I opened up the refrigerator, which had almost nothing but beer in it. I opened up all of the cabinets in my kitchen. I took all of the alcohol, and I poured it all down the drain. I went in to the other room in our house where I had all my drugs. I took all my drugs, and I went and flushed them down the toilet. And I said, I'm serious about this, God. I said, I'm serious about this deal. And so that was March 6th, 1997. And that was the day my life changed. I gave mm. my life to Christ. You know, Second Corinthians uh, chapter 5 talks about becoming a new creation. I became a new creation yeah. that day. And so um, old things had passed away. Behold, all things had become new. And so after that happened, um, I lost all of my friends because they all thought I was crazy because all I wanted to talk to them about was how Jesus could help them. And so uh, they didn't like that at the bars, apparently. I didn't know that. So apparently it affects business there. So, um, so anyways, then I was like, Lord, I don't know you and I want to know you. Like mm. I looked at my dad and I was like, he has such a close relationship with God. I said, I want that in my life. And so I went to my dad and I said, I want to know God. How do I know God? And he said, the best advice I can give you is you need to look at going to Rama and uh, rbtc.org, you know, rbtc.org. Yeah. I don't know if that was the website back then. I know rbtc.org is now, but I remember going, okay, where is that? And he's like, that's in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And I was like, okay, I'll think about it, you know? And so I kind of was like, not sure I wanted to go to Bible college. I started looking into it. I'm like, I don't know if I want to go to Bible college. I just want to know God. And he said, well, you need to set aside a period of your life to yes. go get to know him. Yeah. And then everything else after that will be much easier. And so um, I'm going to fast forward now for a second. And I'm going to talk about a conversation. I have a son. Both of my boys are adopted. Um, yeah, well, before you do that. Yeah, yeah. Maybe, so I want to kind of, you know, Get this straight. Yeah. So you went from a a drunk Domino's pizza delivery delivery guy. Yep. Um, using drugs, alcohol, um, you know, smoking, using tobacco every day. Yeah. And then in one instant. Yes. Whenever you got serious with God, all of a sudden that went away. Urges went away. I, I was. I, mean, I was completely delivered from. Completely. It. It's the delivered. only way I can describe and it. Now, how old were you once again? I was 24. 24 years old. So, yeah. so basically, you're 24 years old, you know, kind of basically going nowhere. Yeah. And, and, and all of a sudden, whenever you got serious with God, that's when your life changed. Absolutely. You know, and, and like I said, you know, I, I don't know at that time, but, you know, if, if you maybe you're, you're, you're in your 20s and your life isn't going anywhere, or maybe you know someone whose life isn't going anywhere, you know, first of all, to get serious with God. Secondly, it's okay to take a couple of years out of your life to to know what God you know wants you to do and rbtc.org. Um, you know, just go over there. And we have plenty of stuff about, about Rama, what what it means, and you know, and I, I tell you what, I mean, you know, obviously I, I know the rest of the story, but but yeah. but it's it's life changing. Well, and, and the but, big the big picture thing, two years is nothing. 
Yeah, yeah. And compared right. to the rest of your life, compared to eternity, Couldn't to set that aside, to do what you did, and just get to know God. And, and yep. just to th- think about, you know, because I know you, not everyone here knows you. Yeah. You know, but, you know, I can't, I, I can't even imagine you as a drunk domino delivery driver. <laughs> People no. tell me that a lot. B- yeah. b- because obviously you're, you're very successful. I mean, yeah. God's blessed you, you know. You just moved into a brand new house. I mean, and I yeah. haven't seen the house yet, but I've seen pictures of the backyard. Looks pretty nice, you know. <laughs> Thank but, you. But um, yeah. you know, you know, God's blessed you tremendously. So you went yeah. from a drunk Domino's delivery driver. You got serious with God. You came to Rama, and now God's just tremendously blessed you. Yes. He now, has. now tell me. I, you told me a story the other day about what what you told your son the other day. Yeah. So, so if I fast forward, so um, I will say actually, I just this is a funny side note to this whole story. I remember the day that we graduated, my wife and I, Deb and I had our, we had, we looked like the Beverly Hillbillies in the parking lot of graduation. We had a trailer filled that was about 12 feet high with a, uh, the tarps that go over a semi, you know, the top of an open semi <laughs> we had found on the side of the highway. We wrapped it around this trailer to hold everything in so we could move because I told God I made another deal with God. This was my second deal with him. Second deal. I, I like to deal with God, I guess. I don't know. Well, Abraham did, so yeah, you know, you're a good company. That's true. Uh, so I said, I said, look, God, I will go anywhere on earth that you want me to go. And I meant this with all my heart. I said, I will go anywhere you want me to go, but I will not stay in Tulsa, Oklahoma. I can't stand this place. And, and as Craig and Tony both know, uh, if you look out the front windows of Kenneth Hagen Ministries office building, you see my office building across the street. <laughs> now, so, I, I think I can see your office from my office. Right, exactly. So I didn't the, get the very lady, far. The little apparently. lady that sews my clothes is next door to you over there. Right. KP's yeah, yeah, table. Yeah, she's great. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, so so here fast forward all these years and, and I've got two sons uh, that are 18 and 19 and my 18 year old is getting ready to graduate. He's a senior in high school and and uh, he's an incredibly brilliant young man. He's got, you know, 4.3 grade point average. He's, um, you know, all everything a college would want in a kid. He's a track star. Um, he's, he's an awesome track star. Yeah, yeah. I he mean. came in second in uh, at the national championships in the Junior Olympics uh, in the 800. He, came, he ran three events, came in second, sixth, and seventh. So he's very, very good at that. And uh, a lot of colleges want him for that. Well, he came to me and he said, Dad, he said, I've got all these colleges that want me to go there. And he said, I, I'm not sure exactly what to do. And he said, I want to follow the voice of God and I want to do what God's plan is for me. And he said, what, um, when you were looking at colleges, like what has helped you the most? You've been really successful. So what's helped you be successful in life the most. And I did go to college after I got out of high school. Um, they kicked me out the third year I was there because I was too drunk, apparently. <laughs> apparently, you got to so, show up to classes and be sober at the same time. So you learned a lot and, there in college. Yeah, they didn't, they, didn't, they didn't let me know that in the enrollment process yeah, yeah. that I couldn't do that. So, um, so anyways, I, I said, you know, let me, let me take a minute and think about that before I just answer you really now quickly. that's wisdom. And uh, thank you. To yeah. think about it. Yeah. I said, let me, let me get back to you. And so I kind of prayed about it, thought about it, because he's really seeking the wisdom to yeah. know what to do. I'll tell you what. That, and like that, I said, he has scholarship offers. And so you oh, know, yeah, not only academic and, and, and you know, athletic. And, and so, yeah. you know, he 
West Point, I mean, Harvard, Stanford, everybody wants him. So, you know, he's trying to decide, like, where should I go? And uh, and so I, I took a little bit of time because I said, whatever I tell him, he's going to take it to heart. So I got to be careful about just giving him a quick answer. So I thought about it, prayed about it. And then I really was like, there is not one thing from one class that I ever took in college or high school that I use to this day. Uh, now, mean, what I learned you mean in, whenever you're you're building these homes and selling these elementary homes. school is where I learned the <laughs> things I need to know. It was basic math. Yeah. That's pretty much no, it. No algebra. Eh? Not even really algebra. So yeah. what I said to my son was, well, "What about finance? You have to have about finance." <laughs> well, a, a lot of that I learned from books later, honestly. Okay. So I, I kind of taught myself after I got my got out of the bottle. So. Um, but I said, you know, honestly, the things that have helped me the most is what I learned at Rama. Mm. I said, because all of that other stuff is just head knowledge. And I said, knowing and understanding how to use my faith in my life, how to use my faith to keep my marriage together so I don't have to split my net worth every five years like mm. a lot of yeah. people I know, yeah. how to use how to walk in the love of God towards my wife so I don't have to split my net worth every five years, how to um, treat my employees, how to treat all of our subcontractors. Um, you know, walking in love is a big thing. And how to use your faith when you go out and buy a, you know, a neighborhood development that's $6 million uh hoping that people will come and build homes there, you know, while you carry the note on it. So, um, and then um, how to be led by the Spirit of God. I mean, I can honestly look back and say there's three very pivotal moments in my life where I made a decision that could have altered the course of my life in a bad way or a very good way. And because I learned at Rama how to be led by the Spirit of God, I made the right decisions all three times, and it has made all the difference in mm. my life. Um, and I would say I would be a broken, destitute man, single man, had I not gone to Rama. I really and truly believe I would be. And the things that I learned at Rama have just made all the difference in the world. I can remember... Um, you know, each time that I had that moment to make a decision, I actually had lunch with somebody earlier today and he was asking me, how do you make decisions in your life? How do you make big decisions in your life? And I said, well, you know, that's what Jesus said. I'm about to leave and I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit. And he has three jobs that he has for you. He's to lead you and guide you into all truth. He's to show you things to come and he's to bring all things to your remembrance. And and I said, that has everything to do with your past, your present, and your future. Yes, it does. He is there to lead you and guide you in, and bring things up from your past so you can learn from them. Though you know these things, you have need that somebody put you in remembrance of these things. So he can bring those things to your remembrance. But then when you're in the middle of a tough situation, he can do things like say, be quiet right now. Mm. Don't answer your son until you think about it. Or yeah. just whatever those moments are, he can he can give you a peace and a calm and give you wisdom for that situation right then. And then when it's dealing with what's coming in your future, 
I know the future of the hope, the hope of the future that he has for me. And I know his plans are good for me and he can show me things that are coming. So I don't make the wrong decision also. So I said, I just turned to him for those times. And I can actually remember a time. This was well after I graduated from Rama, um, which by the way, rbtc.org, I think is still <laughs> what it is. But, um, I remember uh, there was a period in my life where we we were very successful. Things were going well for us. and But my wife was at a place in her life where she did not want to stay here anymore. She had had some hurtful things that had happened to her. And she just was like, she wanted to move. And, and we were kind of in a place where I was at a point where I could retire if I wanted to. Or we could just kind of go do whatever we wanted from a financial standpoint. And... She wanted, we have a place in, in Alaska, in Denali uh, Park, Alaska. And so we were going to go up and live there instead. And my wife was putting so much pressure on me to make that decision. And I just kept saying to her and saying to myself, the last thing that I know that I know God told me to do was to come back to Tulsa, Oklahoma. I said, until he gives me direction to do something other than that, I am not leaving here. I don't care who tries to pressure me into it. I'm not leaving this place until I know that I know that I'm supposed to leave here. So that night was during winter Bible seminar. This was probably 2015. And I'm just kind of sharing this because it was the impact of the Rama family for me way after I graduated. Yeah. Just because you graduate doesn't yeah. mean you aren't part of Rama. You know what I mean? So anyways, I just had, I had this moment where I was like, literally, I mean, if the wind just blew one way a little bit harder, I would have left and gone to Alaska. And so, um, I came that night and funny part was normally I come with my wife. I came by myself that night and I sat in the balcony in the center, like in the front row. And I remember Pastor Hagen during the service, he stops during the middle of the service and he points to the lower section, which I'm up in the balcony and he points to the lower section to the left. And he says, there's somebody here right now and you're thinking about moving out of state and you're thinking that you can't stay in Tulsa, Oklahoma anymore. And he said, the Lord wants you to know you're supposed to stay here. He's not finished with this yet. Mm, And I'm sitting in the upper balcony and I actually got mad. I'm like, why is he pointing to the lower section on the left when I'm up here in the center of the balcony? And I'm like, I came here to get some, some clear direction from God. And, and he's talking to this other person down here. I'm like literally upset about it. And I, I'll never forget this. He paused for about 10 seconds after he said that. And then pastor looked up to the center of the balcony and pointed to the, to, to straight at me. And he said, there's somebody up in the balcony in the center, right in the front. And you're saying that you needed that clear direction also. And he said, that word is for you too. Oh, wow. <laughs> that is the only reason I still live here right now. I was, I literally had one foot out the door. I was ready to go. Thank God for the Rama family. Thank God for the Rama family because the last five years since that happened have been the best five years of my life. I mean, I can't even describe how I've seen God move and just the amazing things that have happened in my life. I would have left all of that had I left. And I'd probably literally 
be living in a 16 by 20 cabin in the middle of the woods all by myself, having no impact on anybody and not really being much of a blessing to anybody, anybody. but a couple of uh, moose and maybe a bear. Well, I interrupt you right so. there. You know what he's talking about is really one of the cornerstones of this ministry, and that's how to be led by the Spirit of God. Yeah, uh, I know Amen. from my, my own personal uh, story, uh, when I came back to the Lord after being backslid and got serious about the things of God, the first book I ever picked up to read other than the Bible was How to Be Led by the Spirit of God by Kenneth E. Hagin. Yeah. And, and that's one of the things you'll learn at Rama is how to be led by the Spirit of God. And it makes all the difference, doesn't it? Yes, it does. It sure does. And, and you know, there's, there's a lot of good books. Uh, at the beginning of this year in 2020, I was driving down the road, um, driving to one of our, our developments. We're home builders, so we got like 38 different developments. But I'm driving to from one to another to go check on some stuff. And, and the Lord said to me while I'm driving down the road, he said, this was very early 2020. And he said to me, you need to get out the book, The Believer's Authority. Mm -hmm. And he said, and you need to read it. And when I say read it, I mean, read it like your life depends on it. This was like in late January, I think. And he said, because you're really going to need it, not just to know it, but to be able to put it into action in your life. Yes, sir. And so, and then he said, and you need to get a whole bunch of extra copies and give them to anybody and everybody who does not have one. And so Craig knows we've had a couple of experiences together, but I went... And I mean, I bought hundreds of them and I started handing them out to people. And if you don't have that book and you're listening to this show, you need that book right now. Uh, In the world we're living in right now, you need to know God's authority that he's given you in this earth so that you can affect the world and bring heaven on earth like he expects us to. Amen. So um, I mean, that, that's still making a difference in my and, life. And you can so. get, get that book if, if you go to rhema.org and go to bookstore, you can order that. Or if you want a digital copy, probably the easiest way is to go to Amazon. Actually, you can order the book from Amazon as well. But you can get a digital copy. Go, go to Amazon um, and Kindle store, and you can get a digital copy. Is it on iBooks? It's on, it's on iBooks as well. It's my preferred method. Uh, he prefers iBooks. Um Amazon is, is the most preferred according to our sales yeah, stats. Well. That's, that's why I gave Amazon. What do those people know? You know, you know I, I go to iBooks sometimes too, but Amazon <laughs> is the preferred method according to statistics. All right. Statistics. But, but you know, um, I, I want to bring this one, once again. So, so when you, you were 24, you said whenever, whenever you, your life changed. Yeah. Now, how old were you whenever you got to Rama? Uh, I would have been. So actually what ended up happening is it was two years later because the next um, – I guess it was summer. When, when is uh, Get Acquainted weekend? It, it's um, summer April. Back, it's then April. It, okay. back then it was in the spring. And so yeah. that April, my sister, my baby sister, um, decided, uh, in a totally unrelated circumstance, decided she was going to go to Rama. So she came down, or that she was thinking about it. So she came down for Get Acquainted weekend. I came with her. It was a last-minute thing. Yeah. I was too busy to go. Somebody else was going to go, and at the last minute, that person bailed on her, and I'm her big brother, so I was like, okay, I'll take you down there. So we drove down from Michigan, 17-hour drive, come down, and uh, I went with her. The very first night, um, the the speaker was talking about how to be led by the Spirit of God. <laughs> wow. And, um, and basically said... Uh, if you're standing here, it's because 
God brought you here for a purpose, and you're supposed to come here. Now, what year would and, that have uh, been? That would have been that would have been 97 because okay. it was shortly yeah. after I gave my life to the Lord. So that was 97. My sister came to school in 98. I was at that get acquainted. Were you really? Sure was. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So I remember, here's what, uh, what else I remember. I walked out of that service that night and I, there was a payphone outside and I picked up the payphone and I called my wife back home and I said, I got news for you. And she goes, we're going to Rama, aren't we? And I said, yes. And she goes, I knew that before you left. <laughs> thank God. When, when you find a, a wife, you find a good thing, good right? Thing. <laughs> so thank God for a praying wife. Amen. So, That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. So, so, you know, obviously, so you, you said you were like 26 when you came. So, you know, some people are out there and thinking, well, I have to be 18 when I come to Rainbow. But we yeah. interviewed Anthony Washington, and he said he was 26 yeah. as well. So yeah, maybe, sure 20, maybe it's a magical age. 26 yeah. is the year. I you're, was you're 27. Cliffy Poo. All was, right. I, this is Cliffy Poo. Our, 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 Cliffy Poo behind the scenes. He's, he's the real the Wizard of Oz. Yeah, he was 26. <laughs> yeah. You know, because some That's people funny. think, well, oh, I don't want to go to Bible college at 26 years of age or, or 30 or 35 or 50. 50. And we have One. people you know, 51 already. <laughs> hey, I would jump in here, Craig, and I would say, is there an age – that it's not okay to go take a time out and get to know God for two years. Oh, come on. I mean, yeah. I don't think there is an age that that could be inappropriate at. If you, if you're 50 years old and everything is going poorly and you don't know where to turn and you don't know what the answer is, I would say rbtc.org is the answer. There's never a bad time to go focus on getting to know God. Yeah. yeah. Never. And so, you know, maybe you're out there listening and you're thinking, well, I wanted to go to Raymond when I was 20, but now, now I'm 51, 52. You know what? Maybe the, maybe the 2020 is a, a great time to change your life. Um, in fact, you can actually start Rama in January. We have an intake now in January as well as September, or you can come. We have our get acquainted. Um, I believe it's the first week in April. You can go to rbtc rbtc.org and you can find all the information you want to uh, about Rama. And it doesn't matter how old or how young you might be. You know, Rama is an awesome place. You know, and speaking of old and young, you know, my grandfather was 59 years of age whenever we started Rama Bible Training College. Huh, uh, I mean, I didn't so know that. 59, yeah. and you know. And from the from that time to the rest of his his life, I mean, that's the greatest part of his ministry. Most fruitful. Most yeah. fruitful after he was fifty nine. You know, what's really sad is you know here as we're creeping up, like I said, fifty one. You know, now um, you know I know a lot of people that are thinking about retirement. Well, you even said I you was. Thought, thought about, and how yeah. old were you when you were thinking about retirement? That would have been I'm forty eight now, so I was forty three. Forty three. You yeah. know. You know. I mean. God has a great plan for the rest of your life, you know, and, and, and I get it. It might be fun to to, to live in Alaska or whatever, you know, but, but, um, you know, you can still have a vacation in Alaska. You still have a place there. You can hang out there whenever you want to. Oh, for sure. You don't have to live there, you know, and, you know, and I know maybe some people say, well, well, but I want to, it's not about what you want to. God has a plan for each and every one of our lives. And, and you know, I, I know, because I know you pretty well, you know, Besides the fact that you're, you're, you know, Oklahoma's largest show, um, home builder, Shaw Homes, ShawHomes.com, um, you know, you're also a business coach, and you also are are mentoring other people as well as your own employees. Yeah. In, in, in fact, um, isn't it true that a lot of your competitors actually used to be your employees? This is true. <laughs> this is this true. This is true. Yeah. So, 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 so you're creating your own competitors. Yes, we so, are. <laughs> but, uh, but That's you true. know, you know, if you're thinking about, man, I don't know what to do, and I mean, you know. You know 
maybe you need to go to rbtc.org and find out more about Rama. Yeah, I was just looking April 9th through the 11th, 2021 is the next get acquainted or I think you call it college call, weekend. Yeah, it's called college, college weekend, weekend yeah. now. Yeah. It changed the name. Yeah. So same thing, but it same, changed same, the same name. Thing, yeah. name That's April 9th through 11th. Man, you could start planning now. Um, if, if you're like me and you were at that place where, um, you know, you're just like, God, I'll make a deal with you. I believe that you exist, but you're a rewarder of those who diligently seek you. Um, spending two years diligently seeking, God has reminded me over and over again since I went to Rama. I would have something happen that would be a great blessing in my life and things would be going really well. And the Lord would remind me that he was rewarding me for diligently seeking him mm. and, and spending two years going to Rama or more is diligently seeking him. Amen. Well, Aaron, thank you for coming out and tell us your Rama story. And, you know, um, maybe your Rama story hasn't happened yet. Maybe you're listening to us, like I said, rbtc.org, um, and come find out more about Rama. Well, we're going to end today's broadcast like we end all broadcasts. Here at Rama, we're bringing hope, hope help, and, and healing, healing to, to the world. world.